You have to be like a practitioner that. of what you learn because otherwise it's stale. Welcome to our podcast. It's about payroll. We're your hosts, Brian Escobar and Walter William Duncan III. Whether you're new to the payroll game or a seasoned veteran, we have something for you. Welcome back, folks. This is episode 97 of It's About Payroll. We're talking about attracting new talent today. Before we get into that and our, our guests for today, how you doing, Walt? I'm good, man. Happy Sunday. Today's my brother's birthday. Happy birthday, oh, nice. you, bro. Happy birthday, Aaron. Aaron, right? Yeah. Happy birthday. Congratulations to you, sir. And I uh, appreciate you, man. Yeah, I'm good, man. How about you? I'm good, bro. Yeah, happy to. Uh, it's a nice football uh, weekend. Uh, uh, divisional playoffs this weekend, so it's been good game so far. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. By the time people hear this, all of them will be done. But we're well, so what, who was it yesterday? Oh, the the Ravens, of course, and 49ers won um, yesterday's games. So yeah, man, looking forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's just all around having a good day. So let's tell them now, right? We start. We're changing up the the format a little bit. We used to do two other shows called Safe Talk and News Pod. And those episodes, the first like 10 episodes, or no, 14 episodes, 10 to 14, they're available on our website. They're there, you can watch them, it's beautiful, enjoy. But it's been a lot managing it all. And we have a, a, a great business development professional working with us, Rick Sanchez. And he was like, you guys need to segment the show out. And he's helping us build the show and do podcasting better and stuff like that. So it's just one day, right? We were just like, all right, this is a lot. We need to make the show better. And not that it was bad. We know from you folks that the show is good, right? Yeah. But we're going to just, with full. so all that to say is we're going to fold the news pod into the show and sleep talk. Those are the two other shows we did. So news pod, payroll news, right? So we're going to do that first. And then at the end of the show, we're going to have a safe talk, now, either about the topic that we just covered or just some other topic. We always have things, some of the shows that we did, just to give you an idea of what Safe Talk is, is we had, what was it, code switching at work with yes. one of them. Yeah. We debated whether the CPP was worth it or not, or it should do CPP or it's not CPP. We had that conversation. Racism, um, sexism. Yeah. That word. We talked yeah. about all those things. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just a little safe place. So hey, you got, if, and we're to do it at the end of the show, because Maybe you don't want to stay and do safe talk with us. Maybe you've yeah. gotten what you need and you, I don't like this segment and I'm going to leave. That's fine. Right. Yeah. But we're going to fold it right into the show and our two shows rather. Right. So we do, we are, we went from four to now two shows. We do, it's about payroll and we do, it's about your paycheck too, for the employee side. Right. It's about yeah. your paycheck is your first step in financial wellness and your only place for employee information. So right, it's about payroll. This show is geared toward the payroll profession, right? That's not going to yeah. change. It's about payroll. We service the payroll professionals with this show. And, but yeah, that's it. So with that being said, let's get right into it. We got, what, about two good articles for you today. And Walt's going to start us off with the first one. Yes, so my article comes from payroll.org. And they shared an article written by Jaime Mariani, Esquire. And it's a quick article that the DOL the U.S. Department of Labor issued a final rule that, that modifies how to determine whether an employee is an employee 
or an independent contractor under the Fair Labor Standards Act. Lisa. Yep. Lisa. So the DOL states that economic dependence is the ultimate inquiry, meaning that a worker is an independent contractor as opposed to an employee under the FLISA or FLSA Act if the worker is, as a matter of economic reality, in business for themselves. The final rule, which adopts the proposed rule with a few modifications, will be effective March 11th of 2024. Final rule also formally rescinds 2021 rule that was established. Wow. Yeah, no, it, it's that's a big, that's a hot topic for payroll pros. It's a 1099 yeah. or W-2. Payroll, <laughs> payroll and HR. Yeah, yes, thank you. And we, too, work period. Work, yes. you know, we've covered a lot of true payroll crimes where the employer want to misclass and they, because unfortunately it's a little cheaper to pay an independent contractor than it is, or it can be. It can be cheaper. It's not rule of thumb. It can be cheaper to pay an independent contractor as opposed to an employee. The, the biggest thing I think is like the relationship, right? An independent contractor, you could just, Hey guy, we're not going to use you anymore. Thanks. Keep yeah, it moving. You don't have exactly. to, that's it. It could be a quick phone call. can be one email, one text. We're done. Send the last invoice. Boom. Done. Whereas an employee, there's all these rules around it. It may not be, it could be the same money. But it's easier for me in my mind, this is not official guys, but in my mind, because we're business owners as well, it's easier. That's the easier relationship to, to, to terminate. So, yo, I'm not using anymore. Sorry. Or I'm not doing whatever. As opposed to, oh, here I'm letting you go. And it is reasons. And even in an employment at will state, good HR leaders will still make sure that the termination is just, they still want to make sure it's not just, you just walked in one day, Hey, you fired. I'm tired of looking at you. No, that, that you, you have to have just cause. And that could be a layoff, could be a risk. They call it a risk reduction in force, a reduction in workforce. Those things, there's a, not to get, well, just to go down and talk about it a little bit, there's a. Something on, on TikTok now that's going around that's, oh, you shouldn't be surprised for layoffs, maybe not. But sometimes, basically, the point is with some layoffs, companies have to divulge it legally in advance. There's yeah. like a website you can go to and see who's about to lay off people. So yeah. you, you're getting fired. That shouldn't be news to you if you pay attention to these websites. So any rule out. Thank you. Yeah, any rule that it just yeah, it's just something that's on TikTok recently, and it's true. You do have to lift lift it if you if your company's doing an official layoff and it like a certain amount of people. There's a definition for that. We should cover that one day. I don't know. We gotta layoffs. The the, the definition or walk through that because payroll has to deal with it, right? I, I've had to. I was a part of a rift in my past, and we had to tee up all of the compensation in advance. We had to do the math. We had to get the letters ready. And they just, uh, there's a, it took us a few months just to do the prep work. Oh, wow. To, yeah. To lay Cause unfortunately it was a big group of people. My, when I went through that myself, because I was laid off during the 2008 burst. Yeah. Yeah. The bubble burst. And so I, as a result of that, I got laid off, but it wasn't as nice and 
formally formal as your insurance was. <laughs> like they basically said on down. Friday, hey, if we call out your name, <laughs> no, you've been let go. What? Like yeah, that? Like that, yeah. Dang. That's Man. great. Would they, they say why? Reduction in force because that's of it. The that's it. Yeah. They don't have to, yeah, they do that officially. They don't even, it's just like, it was like, an at will statement. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't really, it's usually like economics and stuff like that. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> no, we went, come on. There's a people part of this, right? If you've been, if yeah. you, you're in payroll, you're talking to everybody listening, right? We're in payroll. We know there's a big people part of our job. And that's not right. We definitely, Again, I have, I have been blessed with great HR leaders and the leader I was under at the time went about it as best as we possibly could. And, and I, at some point, it's, it, it doesn't matter because it just happened because now and now it just looks bad because it happens a bad thing. But anyway, what I got for you? Yeah, let's see. I have key challenges organizations face in attracting and retaining top talent. As we talk about getting out the door, we talk, segue into getting in the door. Um, so again, this is the key challenges organizations face in attracting and retaining top talent. The articles from Instride and the link is, will be in the, the show notes, of course. I got, oh, I got to share the link. The, so anyway, the first one is talent acquisition challenges. Tight labor market and global talent shortage make finding skilled employees more difficult. This is compounded by a global skill shortage, especially in technical roles. Recruitment teams face the challenge of attracting and hiring talent in large volumes while being short-staffed themselves. Yeah, that's true. But this is a good call out, right? Hey, there's a global skill shortage in technical roles. Good for payroll people, right? This brings up our value because we're technical. But also, I do see this on my on on, on our team members. My our we're, we're I'm in HR now, so the my team is talent acquisition. There's a piece of that. And my counterpart there, man, they, I know she's already su suffering, finding that just this thing, recruiting in large volumes and they, she don't have enough people to do it. It's a tough job, right? It's a tough job to recruit good talent. And, and when you need to recruit a lot of positions, it's so tough because you really, it's like building a sales funnel and you got to build a sales. You got to get talent in front of people. So. Talent, the other one is talent management is a challenge as well. Engaging employees and building a thriving workplace culture are critical. Yep. Only 36% of employees are engaged in their workplace, indicating a significant area of improvement. Uh, what? That's 36%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I get it. I mean, that average, right? So they're. There's some companies that everybody's engaged. I think that's one of the things we're are, where we're at is so successful that they have the right people on the bus. We might skew to everybody's engaged because I'm sure there's some companies that nobody's engaged in it and they hate everybody hates the job. But still, that's a big number. That's 36% of employees are only 36% of employees are engaged in their workplace. So yeah, that's yeah, it's almost 40%. So. 60% are not engaged. Dang. Yeah. Jesus. That's, that's an ugly number. That's a, that's a challenge, right? Mm -hmm. And then the last one is employee retention challenges. And these are definitely the trending topics for 2024. Again, mm -hmm. they were for 23. It's going to continue on. We've, we're still reeling from 
the, what was it? The great walkout. And then it was quiet quitting. Yes. All these things yes. that happened. The pandemic really changed the workforce, right? Changed the way you look at work. And, and, and we're still reeling from that. This one is retention strategies have evolved beyond traditional methods like bonuses. Employees now seek emotional salary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. These aspects such as social impact commitment, workplace diversity and inclusion, flexible remote working options and career advancement opportunities. Yeah. And this is, I think that, again, this is what just said it, right? It's really from pandemic impact. This is something now, right? Because now, first of all, teachers left in robes from industry because they're like, nope, I don't want to be this acceptable, this in front line, because that is dealing with nothing. Kids, kids like germ boxes, right? And the younger they are, <laughs> the third, they just forget about it. Yep. So that's, and, and so they want, again, this emotional salary. They want to look, they want, it's not just money. It's, oh, I want to work from home or yes. I must have hybrid or, and I need diversity and inclusion. I need to be me and who mm -hmm. I am, do I mean, am I accepted? Is it a state place? Those are good things, but it's an evolution of things. So yeah. I get it. Yeah. So you check that article out again, key challenges organizations are facing with attracting and retaining top talent in 2020. It kind of lets you know how the the workforce has changed. Yes. E even you and I have seen it change because Oops. we have worked in, in an environment so that had that whole school of thought, yeah. right? Those antiquated ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And now it's changing, right? And so that's what we spoke to before in our other show. It's about your pay. It's about your paycheck where we were talking about it potentially coming into payroll or HR as that talent and things you have to do. So go pick up that episode too. But so uh, thanks you for sharing those, man. Thank you for sharing those. Yeah. Yeah, no, likewise. Yeah. It's interesting stuff though, bro. It's interesting stuff and payroll professionals that we, we have to stay informed. It's part of our job. It's part of what we invest in ourselves for ongoing, continuing education is a must. I always joke around, like I get stuck when people ask in, in job interviews, how do you stay on top of everything? You just do. You have to stay on top of it. If you're a multi-state payroll, you, hey, you better go and log in the, create an account with every state you're in and get familiar, get the subscription, get the newsletters, get the updates. I, I made a mistake and did something on one day on the federal government and I did all the updates. It's a double-edged sword. I get a ton of updates now, but it is also a ton of stuff. I got to constantly organize my inbox, but the trick there is create a separate inbox for that or a separate alias email and feed all that stuff there. You just funnel all of your information updates to one email address. That's maybe not your work address. Cause then you don't want, you know, we don't want to go to work and have a million emails every day. That's overwhelming. You get anxiety. Like, oh my gosh, why do I have all these emails? And it's just updates. Um, so that's a good little trick I like to do. This episode is presented by time track. Go the simply better employee time clock software that is going to make your life easier. In addition to the unique graphical employee time card that helps you quickly identify and fix mistakes, TimeTrack Go is excited to announce it's now compatible with QuickBooks Desktop, providing effortless data transfer and reduced errors. TimeTrack Go will not only save you time and money each week, but the easy-to-understand user interface and the ability to turn a tablet into a time clock will get you and your team up and going in just minutes. 
Find out what a simply better solution can do for your business. To learn more and sign up for your 14-day free trial, go to www.timetrackgo.com. That's www.timetrackgo.com. Or you can call 888-321-9922. That's 888-321-9922. Let's go. And then again, talking about talent, we have a guest today that is going to talk about talent with us and how he solves it for companies. His name is Brad Voorhees, and it's our pleasure to introduce this distinguished guest, a native from Royal Oak, Michigan, out in Walt's country. And Brad has been a dynamic presence in the field of human resources since 2007. His extensive career spans a diverse array of industries, including manufacturing, technology, digital, and service sectors, showcasing his versatility and expertise in the field. Absolutely. That's a lot of, that's a lot of exposure. Not only has Brad excelled professionally, but he is also a dedicated husband and father, balancing his family life with an admirable commitment to his community. Since 2019, he's been an active volunteer with Detroit Society of Human Resource Management, contributing his knowledge and skills to the betterment of HR practices in the region. A significant milestone in Brad's career came in late 2019, following the acquisition of his previous employer and the subsequent redundancy of his position. So appropriate for what we're talking about, right? This pivotal moment led to the birth of Scale TX, a visionary company under Brad's leadership dedicated to implementing scalable talent experience solutions for business. ALTX stands as a testament to Brad's entrepreneurial spirit and his belief in the transformative power of effective HR strategies. Please join us in welcoming Brad Warheeds, a true leader in human resources and a visionary entrepreneur, as he shares his insights and experiences with us today. Thanks. Welcome, Brad Warheeds, to the show. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. Staying warm here in uh, Metro Detroit in the middle of January. It's It's been very cold over the last, uh, I would say, 10 days. But up until now, it's been a rather mild winter. Oh, so, there's nothing, so there's nothing to complain about with there. But the last 10 days have been cold. There was no transitionary. It went right to some days last week, we're talking below zero. And so it was, it was really interesting, but we seem to be coming out of it, but staying warm, healthy. And that's, that's what you got to be thankful for. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Now, are you a Detroit Lions fan? I am a baseball person. Okay. Not- more, more than anything. Yeah. I like football. Of course, since the Lions are doing well, Yeah, there's other people in my house and in my family who enjoy football and despise baseball. So I've been supportive in watching the football games just because, Got you know, there's what there's, if you discount the playoffs, there's 17 football games. Well, there's about 160 baseball games yeah, and I watch almost every one of those. So, oh, wow. And so I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing my part, returning the favor and watching football in the house. And so it actually starts here in a couple hours and. 
everybody else, I'm rooting for them and hopefully we can nice. advance to the next round. But yes, the Lions have been, have been, they've had a fantastic season. So uh, yeah. I guess it's, it's a great case for when you put top talent together under the right leadership yes. and you optimize their performance all together. And, you, and you find ways to engage your talent, reward them properly. It's a great exercise in what a great human resources department does. Yeah. Look at you. Look at you. <laughs> So then let's get right into it, Brad. How did you get into talent? Is it one, have you always been in talent or was it like you got into HR and then you got into the talent side? How'd that go? Yeah, I would, yeah, I would consider them the same. HR is just more of a formal term and traditional term, but talent strategy, talent management, it is a part of HR, right? Now, of course, HR is much broader and has a lot of different functions. I've already mentioned a couple of them and performance and total rewards and engagement and even HR technology, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point today. But I have been in HR essentially since post-college when I graduated. I did a one sales job that I did for two years since 2007, 16, 17 years now. I've been in the HR. I ended up getting my master's degree in HR and that was in 2010. That should talk about time flying. I can't Uh even believe that. That has been 14 years since I've had my master's degree. My journey into HR, I don't have a really special story like a lot of people do. I can tell you that in high school, I worked at a YMCA and the HR manager, you got to think with your local YMCA that everybody knows, there's probably only 20 or 30 full-time staff members and yep. then everybody else. So we're not talking about some big enterprise, but the HR manager, she was, her hands were dipped in everything. She was doing so much for the organization. I was a lifeguard. That's what I did. So when <laughs> I was working through high school and, and part, partly through college. And so like when I was graduating high school and I was thinking about, okay, what do I want to do in terms of at least choosing my path from a degree standpoint, I knew I was going to school after I graduated high school. And I was like, hey, human resources seems like something that is really interesting. She's involved in a lot of different aspects of the business. And then of course, when I started taking HR classes, I met some great friends and we along with each other, and I even had some fraternity brothers who were doing it as well. We encouraged each other to just stay into HR. And it's just been a field that I have enjoyed enough to stay in all this time, almost 20 years now. And that, of course, is it, it's changed a lot in terms of what my responsibilities have been and how I make money in terms of HR. But I started off very much like a generalist and doing everything. And a lot of people begin by managing the administrative mm-hmm. function of HR answering benefit questions. I was processing weekly payroll, but I never never understood everything that goes into that. And now what's transpired over the last 15 plus years is understanding all of the business strategy that takes part and what makes this field so rewarding. And finally, what I really appreciated over the last what it's been, well, almost four years now, when you think about COVID being a part of our world, is HR has become so important Mm -hmm. to businesses. HR has become so important to businesses because almost overnight, 
workers' attitudes towards work changed and yep. priorities changed. And CEOs have um, increasingly relied on their CPOs or CHROs, right? Or the leaders of their respective or HR organizations to manage this change for them. Mm-hmm. So it's been really, it's been really interesting to see HR thrust into the spotlight, even in the last four years, it's changed drastically. Of course, I didn't know that almost four <laughs> years ago when I was thinking about this field. It's not, not like I could have, I wasn't Nasrudamus, I couldn't predict something like this, but boy, I'm so glad that this is the field that I have chosen. Awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. And part of this season, we're making trying to get young people excited about getting into payroll. And we were just talking about that, how, you know, and I love the, how you said you started as a generalist because that's ultimately payroll. You start at the entry level, but because we sit so close to HR, because we sit close to finance, we can branch out in those fields if we like, right? And again, that's part of the hook here is like getting the payroll because it's not just payroll that you get exposed to. You get exposed to the whole company. And you start mm-hmm. learning, right? Absolutely. And you know what? What when you're whether you're in charge of payroll or you're a part of processing payroll, guess what? That people don't realize when they're first starting it that I didn't realize until a couple of years later is you are immediately now in the know of the most confidential information. Yep. That's right. That a company right. can do. That company has and possesses. Yep. And that information trained me to respect that information, right? And respects that role that human resources has. Yes. And that is that has stuck with me for the last 15 plus years, right? And young people, I would just say, look, it is a great deal to get into. If you are going to be put in charge of being part of payroll, whether it's preparing the reports or doing processing itself, or maybe your part is afterwards. But when you are in the know of that type of stuff, you are being trusted by an organization to keep that information confidential. And these are skills and characteristics that you develop in having that. And it it will stick with you for the rest of your career. Well said. Thank you for that. That's awesome. So now, so tell me, how'd you go? You started as a generalist. What got you excited about talent acquisition? Talent acquisition, I was doing along with as when I was a generalist. So, and even though it's really transitioned away from my career in terms of being a, a recruiter, where I'm not necessarily in talent acquisition anymore, I do have several years in of talent acquisition experience. But again, I w- I was a generalist for a manufacturing facility. That was my first HR job. So it was thirty person manufacturing plant. And of course, at the, at when you're 130 people, I was a one person HR, right? HR department. Now, like I, there was, it was a company that had multiple facilities. I reported to a director of HR that was at the corporate level, but in terms of that particular facility, which was a seven day a week, 24 hour a day facility, I was doing everything HR. So from processing payroll to, to talent acquisition. And so relying on temp agencies, because a lot of the workers, of course, were blue collar manufacturing workers. And so managing that entire process and 
getting people uh, onboarded, set up into our payroll system, which was a big part of it. And so, um, but that has stuck with me for uh, the rest of my career and being able, like, that's where I first was realizing, wow, HR has a impact that they may not realize on people coming into your organization, because in almost all cases, it's the first person that you're interacting with, right? If you're a candidate, you're most likely interacting with someone from the HR department when you're thinking about that, applying to that job, or you are interviewing with that job. It's somebody for the HR department. It's being able to build the foundations on why I care about talent experience in particular really started there. So talent acquisition, going from managing blue collar workers in terms of working with contracts and negotiating with temp agencies. But then when I went more into tech space and service-based industries, now I'm recruiting project managers and developers and finance directors and building my own team and recruiting for HR people. So, you know, it's, I, I would say just like everything else, it's now is the time of when you get to mid-career, which I'm in, where you start reflecting on all of those things that you learned yes. in your first couple of jobs, right. right? You don't do that. Even like after five years, you don't do that. You start doing it in mid-career. I'm really like looking back at, man, those first couple of jobs, really taught me so much yes, that's and right that, that i'm that i'm doing now where i'm now running my own firm and like i could advise and people pay me feel get them advice on this stuff <laughs> yeah right? that's it's, right uh, it's, it's it's pretty cool so what are the challenges you find we were just talking about this earlier today is like just employee challenges like you, you got to hire right what are some of the is there one or is there a long list or is there just a couple that stand out? What are the, what are the challenges? Yeah. yeah. Well, let me tell you the labor shortage and the challenges that everybody are facing. HR is not, is not a field that's not being impacted by that. It's very difficult to even recruit HR individuals right now. Yeah, wow. absolutely. And so they're not exempt from labor shortages, I guess is what I'm saying. Everybody thinks that labor shortages that the country, that the globe is facing right now are really for service-based workers, manufacturing workers. That's not the case. It's impacting white collar salary jobs as well. Wow. And even though I was sharing earlier how it's been awesome to see HR be put and thrusted into the spotlight over the last four years. But because of just the what's happened around the globe, it's really actually impacted people going into the field and people staying in the field. And one of the most stress-related jobs and people exiting the field is HR. It's HR really? professionals. Uh-huh. Because, wow. because of how much responsibility, in fact, is put on them. And now what's really changed is HR is, there's a part of it, something that I disagree with, but it's part of it is now where they're solving their employees' personal issues as well. It's really just meshed together over the last four years. But like when I started in my HR career, if it was a work-related problem, HR helped 
solve that. Mm -hmm. But we all, all three of us grew up in that generation of where you left your personal problems at home. That's Mm -hmm. not the case anymore. People bring in their personal problems into work and Mm -hmm. HR is responsible for managing that now. Hence why we're seeing people exit the field. So when we go to, when we're going back to your question of what type of challenges HR is seeing, recruiting HR talent is the same challenges that other fields are facing. It's there one, there's not a big candidate pool in terms of experienced folks that actually know how to make an impact in an organization without them getting sucked into all of the stuff, the bad stuff that an organization has. Hey, if you want to be a difference maker, you yourself need to be able to put that personal stuff aside and just focus on, hey, what am I going to do for this person? And how is that, how is that going to potentially benefit that individual and of course the company? So, you know, that's what we're seeing right now. This is amazing. So now. Did you say you, you disagree with, or you do, you agree with that whole, the personal piece coming into the workplace? Well, it's not a, it's not an agree or disagree thing. It's do I think that HR should be responsible for solving people's personal issues in the workplace? The answer is no. I do. Yeah, I agree. I do not think they do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now, now something to just to, cause People may misconstrue that and yeah, think of course. that, right? But mm-hmm. to clarify, that's not to say that HR shouldn't be empathetic to mm-hmm. what people, because yep. in a lot of cases, personal problems are usually outside of somebody's control. Yeah. Somebody gets, so to use an example of somebody's family member gets sick mm-hmm. and they're bringing that into the workplace. HR should be able to have support groups in place and help guide that employee yep. and may, or have policies that offer flexible time yep. so that exactly. person can manage that, right? Yes. What I'm talking about is somebody's, you know, it, issues that they are bringing up upon themselves. Yes. And then they are pushing them onto HR and their employer to solve that for them. Yes. That part is what I'm saying is HR should, should not be involved with that because we're not counselors, right? If, if you want to compare it to somebody who can help, for example, right? We are not counselors. We're not trained counselors. There's other, that's an entire different field and line yes. of education and professions. Yes. But guess what? part of total rewards there are plenty of other benefits that you can mm-hmm. offer as an employee EAP, with yep. med- eaps mental health coaching yep. and so when somebody does have these issues you can point them in that direction right yes that's it's such a and it, i think you said it right like we grew up in an era where we saw this old school we're seeing the shit right and neil won't talk about pay transparency is so that's one of one of my favorite stuff to to talk about because I remember the days it was like you can't talk about that at work, and now it's the opposite. Is you can talk about your pay at work now as a pay. What I've been able to clarify as a payroll professional, I urge people against 
talking about their net pay. Their gross pay is fine. You talk about, you're allowed, apparently. But the net pay is where I have trouble with it because it's so individualistic. We can make the same money, but our net pay broke. We can make the same gross, but our net yeah. pay is different because of my individual needs and deductions and stand up and all these things that impact. Right, yeah. So Harsh. that's where, that's my pay transparency bit. Now you're saying not only that, now HR has to be equipped really to take, and, and it's unfair, right? And I think that's what, I think that's the case because you're right. We, we should be able to help with some things are easy. You, you got a sick loved one, hey, FMLA and then flexible schedules done. There's a line that, it, that's tricky. And then to your point, that's a different profession and different skill set now. So I, now I see, I guess maybe psychologists will be added to HR departments at some point. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because if, does anybody watch billions, billions that show billions? Uh, yeah, I know what it is. I don't particularly, I don't watch it though. You don't watch it? Okay. No, I don't. If you check out an episode again, the, there, there's a person there at the company, the firm that this is around, but she's like a psychologist, but she's the HR department. She's yeah. the, the sole HR person, I think. That, yeah. But, that, yeah. but the free, like, she's really more of a coach and then, but she's still, so anyway, it made me think about that. It's evolving. This stuff is evolving. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And right. to me, to just touch on that a final point, there's too much risk. Yes. In my opinion. Yes. Is when, is when somebody, because again, yes, HR has to be about the business, right? It's in the business supports both ownership and management and leadership, whatever you want to call it and everybody else. And when HR is now helping resolve personal issues, to me, that is outside the line yeah. of business. Yep. But the risk is against the business. Yes, yes. So if I were to help solve a tough. personal issue or anybody in HR and something were to go wrong or haywire because of something I said, yes. I don't get, per I'm not personally liable for that. It would be the business that I would put in a position of liability. And I really advise people who are less experienced in doing this is you have to be careful yeah. with what you say and the use and the words that you use. And when it comes to this, if you remove yourself from the situation altogether, you're putting your company at less risk. Thank you, Brad. So Brad, tell us, how, how did you transition from uh, onto your own? You're an entrepreneur now, you're running your own firm, like LTX. Yeah. Tell us the origin of this. So I started that business, but I've been in business for four years now. Okay. Up until last summer, it was a hobby business that I was just doing on the side. In fact, funny story, the last full-time job that I had, I actually got because I met with the then owner, CEO of the company on a consulting call and uh -huh. we met for coffee and then one thing led to another and he was like, no, you have to be my full-time person. I can't oh, wow. you. To use, I have a, down in my basement, I have a Godfather poster over here, but nice. to use the Godfather saying, he made me an offer that I couldn't refuse. 
I became full-time, but last summer I went into my business, Scale TX, full-time. And so I've been at it for, on a full-time basis for, let's call it six months. But I did a great thing that is already paying off. And I know five, 10 years down the line, I'm going to even look back at this decision and say, man, that was awesome. I hired a business coach yep. last summer That's and awesome. it was an investment in myself. That's right. And this individual, he, he helped with so many things from my sales pitch to my go-to-market strategy, to my pricing to my business plan, to my rebranding, the, the confidence that you get from learning from a serial successful entrepreneur yes. that's aligned with me, our values and our faith are aligned. He's only a couple of years older than me, extremely successful. And so I gained so much from in making that investment. And I only started selling my services shortly before Thanksgiving. So it hasn't even been that wow. long. Like the wow. first couple of months, even though I was able to land a client quickly, which nice. was great. Yes, awesome. Thank you. I was able to go through this process with my coach while having that and now starting to sell. When you are doing corporate HR for 15 years, you're not in sales whatsoever. Yeah. So it's, not, it's been, it, that's probably been the biggest transformation is now, am I not only an advisor where I can actually lean into my experience that I right. have, yeah. but I am a salesman selling my service yeah. to companies now, right? Yeah. And that has been the biggest, whoa, I have to, I, I have so much, I have so much room to grow there. But yeah, I've been in my business full-time since last summer, but I opened Congrats. my business four years ago, which was awesome. That's at that point, I is when I created my company name, my logo and my website and my LLC. And so when I went into it full-time, I didn't have to, I rebranded my website, but I had already had all of that, those kind of, those and I hit the ground running. Right. Yeah. When everybody starts business, it's like, all right, I got to come up with a name, a logo, I have to LLC, a website. I had all of that stuff already. It's scale TX. But first, when I came up with the name several years ago, I remember some people calling me out thinking it had, I was from Texas or something yeah, like that. You know? same thing. Um, so TX is a common acronym for talent experience. Scale, scaling talent experience. I love that's, you. That's the name. That's well, the name. And so I, I try to, if you actually look at my name, my company name, the T is capital, the X is lowercase. Of course, when you read the two letters for a state, if you were to mail something, mm -hmm. people still write and use the US mail, the letters are always capitalized. And so I, I was like, all right, I think the X should be lowercase to really make sure people don't think it has anything to do with Texas. <laughs> I have nothing against Texas. I would love to go to Texas, but, but it's, it still didn't work because people still thought it was something to do with Texas, but it's yeah, a found experience. Yeah. Either, hey, either exactly. Either way, you get, get to talk about something. Like I say, I was like, Hey, I don't care what you say about us. As long as you're talking about it, it's going to work. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. There could be worse. It could be worse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So I have a question for you and I know that. In our initial meeting, 
mentioned talent acquisition and talent strategy. Yeah. What are the differences between those two? So talent strategy is the parent of talent acquisition. Talent acquisition is just one function of talent strategy. Okay. Similar to how owning total rewards and processing payroll and being in charge of an HRIS. Yep. Those are all on par with talent acquisition, but that's all part of your talent strategy. So when you create a talent strategy, what you're thinking about is essentially the different stages, the life cycle of an employee experience, right? And so in almost all cases, people see your branding on your website or your job description or your job placing, job posting. That's the first interaction most people have with a company is yeah. they see your websites and posts on LinkedIn, yeah. or maybe they're looking for a job and they see a job posting. They're like, oh, I've never heard of this company. Let's take a look, right? And how you frame yourself in that job description as an employer is really important because it is stage one of your talent experience, your talent strategy, right? And then talent acquisition, it's not just saying, okay, well, you're doing, we're going to review your resume, step one. If we like you, you're going to do a phone screen with a recruiter, step two. If that person likes you, then you're going to meet with the hiring manager. Okay, that's step three. And then maybe step four is if the hiring manager liked you, you'll do some sort of assessment or exercise or test or whatever challenge, right? The kind of the list goes on. And then if all that works out, that you get an offer, all that type of stuff. Mm. But it's building a talent strategy is actually setting into motion and building the process and how that's going to take place. Who is going to communicate with the candidate in between those steps? What is mm -hmm. your commitment to communicating with the candidates in between those steps? How many days are you not going to let go by before you reach out to a candidate and let them know exactly where they are in the process, if they still are in the process, okay? So that is me, and I'm just using that as an example. That is me crafting a talent strategy in terms of the talent acquisition lane, mm -hmm. right? So we all know that in large, to keep it on topic, we all know that in large HR departments, there are now teams that oversee total rewards and HRAS. Yep. At some of the largest HR organizations, you've got your CHRO, and he or she has five or six VPs. One's in charge of talent acquisition, one's in charge of performance, DEI, engagement. And what we're seeing a lot is this VP of total rewards mm -hmm. slash. HRIS. Mm -hmm. And that person is responsible for executing the talent reward strategy or portion of the talent strategy, right? Wow. right? So that VP is responsible for making sure, hey, we want to ensure that number one, that the HRIS slash payroll company that we're using is user-friendly. 
that is self-service, that the managers know how it's actually a tool that managers can use to help them manage their employees, right? And a lot of, in a lot of times the HRAS is the same provider or it's the same technology that processes payroll. Well, we know that, okay, how hard, how many steps does, does the payroll admin need to go through to ensure that people can get paid every other Friday, right? Let's make this, let's make this the most efficient way possible. That's part of the talent strategy, but just in the section of total rewards. And of course, the total rewards person is usually responsible for seeking uh, the right benefits and having them benchmarked and thinking outside the box and like mental health services, for example, those are answers. That's one example of an ancillary benefit that not a lot of companies are offering, but a lot of employees appreciate. So talent acquisition, total rewards, engagement, those are all subsets of the talent strategy slash talent experience. Wow. Thank you for pointing that out. Yeah. 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 So for me as an advisor to small to medium-sized businesses, my job is to ensure that CEOs have the right information to build that talent strategy. And for me to create that along with them and making sure that the people who are actually executing on the functional level are doing that and doing it properly according to the talent strategy that we built. Awesome. Perfect. So now what is there is, gosh, it's multi, multi-faceted question, right? Attraction and retention or just attraction. Let's do that. How do companies attract top talent? So obviously in this day and age, your reputation is everything, right? And so brand. companies, so company wise, the brand, brand, yeah, your brand, your reputation. What we see on LinkedIn is, and I'm one of them is, is B2B consultants like myself is LinkedIn is now the largest social media platform there is. Yep. And so building that personal brand is really important for companies. It's no different. If you're looking to attract top talent, then your employer brand which is a part of your employee value proposition is really important. It isn't just about paying in the 90th percentile, although that helps. <laughs> There's no doubt, right? Yep. But it isn't, it, isn't, it isn't just about that or paying 100% of employee benefits for you and your family, although that helps. Nice. Yeah. That's... <laughs> that, stuff, that stuff is all nice, yep. right? But it's about creating that EVP, employee value proposition, right? So what is it just beyond the standard things, the traditional things that people think about in terms of why they accept a job and pay benefits? So it's flexibility. It's development of employees. Are you going to grow? A big part of it is, are you connected with your managers? It's no doubt that Companies that attract top talent have great people managers because mid-level line managers, whatever the department, whatever the field, these are the people that it's not the executive team. It's not the CHRO. 
it's middle managers that have the largest impact on the rank and file of your company. It's because that's who you're interacting with most. That's who most people aspire to be and get their that that their leadership from is their manager. Doing all of those things and having that reputation and that brand is really important to attracting top talent on top of the other things that normally people think about. And a lot of times is that brand is reflected on some of these sites that employees write about, namely Glassdoor, right? But there's also a million and a half awards out there that companies can apply to in best places, this and best yeah, leadership right. and blah, 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 best, most engaged company, the list goes on and on, right? It's a very saturated market. That's always a good way to start right there yeah. when you're looking for um, uh, an employer to get plugged into is search that. But then also, you know what? Your friends who seem completely happy with their job, ask them where they work. <laughs> ask, right? Yes. Ask, ask, know, know where they work. Because if all they can, not all they can talk about, but if they are a promoter of their employer, most likely it's a good place to work at. Oh, so sure. that's another thing from an employer standpoint is utilize your promoters, right? I think mm -hmm. we all, everybody knows what MPS means. And so net promoter score, it's and, a, it's yep. a very, it's a, it's a fairly common customer success metrics metric. Yep. Well, ENPS just stands for employer net promoter score, employee net promoter score. So it's the same thing. It's rating from zero to 10. How likely are you to refer friends and family to work at your company? If you, right? Nines yeah, and tens are promoters. Seven and eights are passives. Six and below are detractors. It's the same thing as, as the NPS. So if you as an employer have a high net promoter score, that that's your, those are your influencers right yep. there. Yep. If you want to attract top talent, you can dig in to the, to your best people and have them refer and reward them that way with employee referral bonuses and so all that type of stuff. And that, that's how successful employers continue to attract top talent year after year. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you for uh, that. Awesome stuff. How do you mention about keeping you, you, you advise now on talent strategy. How do you stay up to date? Like, how do you have a reading regimen? Do you, are you plugged into any subscriptions? Like your, your yeah. news that, yeah. Oh like, yeah. That's one of the yeah. challenges in yeah. payroll is staying well, up to date. Yeah. I'm sure you guys are familiar with Sherum. Yes. Now look, I for one am a, a traditionalist in the sense where Shurum is my go-to mm -hmm. when it comes to HR knowledge. Mm -hmm. I think Shurum is fantastic. They do a fantastic job Agreed. in truly adding value to their membership like myself. Yep. Yep. Now, over the last 10 years, there's been a lot of HR organizations that have, I guess, tried to dethrone Shurum as the voice of HR. Oh, really? But, but Shurum to me is still yeah. the number one. 
I am, I am. Yeah. Now, look, I get, I read a lot about HR outside okay. of Sherm as yep. well, right? Yeah. But I'm very involved in my local Sherm chapter. And that's what's really nice about Sherm is there's almost every single region of this country is covered by some sort of Sherm chapter. Yes. And in the, in the state of Michigan alone, we have 19 chapters. Oh, wow. Right. And that's just in Michigan alone. Okay. I'm involved with Detroit Sherm. I'm actually the president elect of Detroit Sherm. Oh, nice. I, I've been a member for as long as I can remember and a volunteer and I attend their workshops. So that is that when I, I go to our state conference, I go to our national conference, which nice. is all over the country, yep. but I stay up to date by making it a part of what I do in my weekly work is to read and to study what trends are coming and then think about ways that I can continue to add value to my clients. Right. So it's one thing just to read and have the knowledge sit there, right? Because usually if you're not putting it into practice, you forgot what you read just two days ago. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. But you, yep. you could read, you know, it's funny. I've got the, this quarter's HR magazine right here on my desk. I could read an article Friday. And if I didn't put it into practice by Monday, I have forgotten what that article said. Absolutely. And I, I could be so deep into that article. Oh, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. My mm -hmm. clients are going to think this is fantastic. They're going to think I'm the smartest person on earth. If I don't put it into practice, Sorry. it's just going to, it's just going to go away. Be you have to be intentional. You have to be a practitioner of yep. what you learn. Yep. That's what's most important. You have to be like a practitioner that. of what you learn because otherwise it's stale. I love it. That, that'll be the lead end clip there. There's, there's a little nugget right there to round this out. How do you see AI playing into HR? Well, for one, AI is already playing into HR. Ooh, it's wow. not, it's, oh, it's, it's from the talent acquisition side, right? If we want to go back to that kind of that first part about talent strategy, AI's writing job descriptions, AI's finding keywords and resumes within ATS and recommending those Ooh. resumes to recruiters. It's all, it's already a part of it. AI is developing learning content and training courses for HR departments now. A AI is sifting through engagement surveys to find out where weaknesses or vulnerabilities may lie in, within certain teams. It's already doing oh all gosh. of that stuff. It's not, a, it's not a matter of where do I see it coming into. I guess it's how much more do I see it becoming a part mm -hmm. of, of HR. Mm -hmm. And speaking of, National Shurum does three or four conferences a year, countrywide conferences a year, right? Oh, wow. Different. So they got their, they've got their, their national conference, their big conference, right? That 25,000 people attend. Yeah. yeah. They've got a conference on specifically focused like on talent management. They've got one on DE&I. Oh. Um, uh, but they just starting this year, 
they are creating, it's actually in March of this year, I'm, I'm not attending, but I hope to in the future, is AI in HR. Ooh. So Sherm is now doing a, a two or three day conference yearly just, just on, on HR, just on wow. AI. Wow. I think yep. they're calling it, I think they're calling it high plus AI or AI plus high. So really, because the last couple of Sherm conferences that I've gone to, for example, this has been a topic. Wow. And when, by the high part, the HI part is keeping humans mm. a part of the process. So is AI is not here to take over our no. jobs. No. AI is here to help us do our jobs. Yes. And that's where, the, that's where the human element, the high part, remains i love it so you know that kind of ties that particular question ties everything that we've talked about how sherm is an influencer in the hr space that ai has already touched many functions Mm. of talent strategy and that it's only going to continue so i'm looking forward to it uh i think people now getting into the field of HR, they are at a unique advantage of starting their career where this stuff is accessible Yeah, and they're learning from the ground up, right? Yes. When it comes to utilizing AI as a tool and as a resource to make, to make them better at their jobs. Yeah. That's, uh, that's I love it. It's exciting, man. You got me excited, Brad. Yeah, I know. Real. There we go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Brad, thank you so much for joining us today. We, I, I, I tell folks all the time, like, his, this is a cheat code for me. It's like a cheat because I learned so much. And to your point, we're like in a constant cycle of learning and applying, whether it be at work, for work, and the podcast. And it just keeps, I learned, we learn from yep. great people like you. And then we go and apply it. And it's, oh my gosh. So we love it, man. It's so much to it. There's so many layers to it. Talent strategy, like you said, it's great to have professionals teach us about this stuff because we're exposed to it, but not really, we're not in this. Thank you for that. Well, I appreciate um, that. Yeah, no, yeah, I've had man. a great time too. Thank you. And it went so quick. I didn't realize that we've been talking so it does, much. It does. Holy I know. Right? I know. I'm so glad. I'm really thankful for is that my two children have stayed upstairs. They haven't been running around upstairs like a herd of elephants. <laughs> so it's been really nice that they've, that they thank, thankfully, because my wife's out for brunch with their friends. I'm so thankful that my mom came over and was watching them. <laughs> nice. So let's say nice. thanks, mom. Uh, thanks, mom. It's been great uh, to be able to do this and, uh, awesome. and have, have them stay upstairs and not interrupt the, the podcast. Oh, but yeah, I keep going. Cool. I'm like, oh man, the time has gone by. It's all. It's yeah. I, I didn't think it was going to go that so quickly, but that tells me you're having great conversations. It <laughs> just right. goes 100%. Yes. Before we let you go, we like to play a game with our guests called This or That. It's just pick one That's or the fun. other. It's just okay. fun. Whoa, you want to start us off? I'll do course four and you can finish it off. All right. Okay. You say soda or pop? Pop. Pop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Tell us. Pizza or pasta? In terms of what I want to eat? Yeah. Which one? Oh, pizza. By far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah. So would you prefer to meet via webinar or in person? In person. 
person. In person. Yeah. Yeah. All right. It was a good one. You prefer four 10 hour days or the standard five, eight hour days? It's funny you mentioned that. So for one, I haven't made my mind up on that, but I can tell you what, because this is a great kind of insight into what's coming. Mm. Four years ago, the biggest shift towards remote work had ever happened, right? And where it became the employee benefit of choice. And when it did, America, who seems to be less progressive than our European friends when it comes to employment trends, yeah, we were slow to catch on to remote work and now everybody's doing it. So it's really not even a big deal. People don't even think about it, right? In, in the sense of, hey, can we, is this something that we should be offer, offering? Most people are just now offering it. I was once asked, what is the next benefit that is going to rock how we work? And I am predicting it's going to be the shift to the four-day work week. Agreed. Yeah, that is my prediction on what we're going to see over the next five years, maybe even less, is more and more companies shifting to the four-day work Mm -hmm. week. Until I've experienced it myself, I can't have an opinion on it. Okay. But to be fair, I'm also an entrepreneur, so I do get to decide. Anyways. Yes. Okay. Right. All right. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Chip Not Jones or John Smoltz? See, now you're playing. You know, okay. All right. You guys can see all the brave yeah. stuff in the background. So what is that a boat? I, Does that mean I've been on I've been on podcasts before where like half of the time I'm talking about the Braves and they've been able to they've been able to ignore us up until now. Oh man. It's not like I know them, so they're not gonna be hurt. I am a fan of both of them. They're both first ballot all Hall of Famers. There you go. I think what I've appreciated about Chipper is that he's going out there every single day, fielding the ball, running the bases, hitting the ball, prolific hitter, one of the best, top three switch hitters of all Mm -hmm. time. By Mm -hmm. every statistic known, he is the top three switch hitter of all time. He played for the same organization. He played for the Braves his entire career. John Smoltz did not. But so I'm going to go, I'm going to go Chipper. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm with Chipper. Nice. Let's see. Rain or snow? Man, we get so much in Michigan for both of them. I'm going to say snow. I don't mind the snow. Rain, at least, like, you're staying inside. Yeah. And it's messy, like, snow, you you just go out and sled. I I enjoyed skiing and snowboarding and all of that type of stuff. So, So you get to do those things in the snow. All right. Last one, tropical island or a cabin in the woods? Tropical island. Although I do appreciate a cabin in the woods, but really that's just, I know if I'm doing something like that, it's with my wife. And my <laughs> wife, my 10 times out of 10, my wife's going to say a tropical island. There you go. I don't want, I don't want to go sit in the cabin of the woods by myself. No. Exactly. So, it's, so it's, not, it's tropical island for me. Because yes. that's what that's, that my, my wife and I enjoy doing stuff like that. Awesome. 
Cabin in the Woods yeah. makes me think horror horror movie too much. I just Cabin get yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? And I don't know if you're saying that because my last name is Voorhees, but I have been picked on my entire life because of course. Oh. Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees. Yes. No, I so didn't. Friday but... the 13th spells it the same exact way. No, does he really? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so you can only imagine. Enter the lake. Growing up. Is your brother Jason or is your cousin Jason? Oh, oh that's hilarious. Oh, that's tough. But what's so funny, get this, I kid you not, our next door neighbors are the Myers. So you've got Michael what? Myers. Jason Voorhees living no right next to each way. other. I so wish that Kruger's no. run died, but that's not the case. So for for Halloween. Yeah. Oh man. Look at that. It's a great <laughs> ending. Brad, you're such a great guest. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yes, thank um, you, Brad. Let's stay in touch. And if there's any anything you ever want to come back and you have an open or invite it for you. Yeah, we'll be talking about four-day work weeks at that point. So yeah. that's, that's yeah. we we're already experiencing our, it. So we not yeah. our our company, not us personally. I work five days, but we manage employees who are already implementing that. We manage different locations. So yes. yeah, we have folks yep. already moving to that four tens. They, they love that's right. it. That's right. It's coming. Yeah. Four tens. It's yeah, I think, so. So well, I think so too. I think so too, Brad. I really appreciated it. So thanks, guys, for having yeah. me on. Absolutely. Go Lions. Yes. Yep. Go Lions. <laughs> Enjoy the day, sir. Have a good one. All right. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. We had such a great guest, Brad Voorhees. And we're going to move into our state talk topic of the, or segment of the show. As we mentioned earlier, we have combined it. Combined, I don't know, combined it, combined it, combined it, combined it, all the shows together. So we figured we'd make this a part of the, it made sense, right? Just things just made sense. We yeah. like, wait, we could do safe talk at the end. And again, to either talk or further the conversation that we covered or just bring something else up. So this made us think about, uh, I hired a friend of a friend, but unfortunately things aren't working out. How should I proceed? And my company lose. How should I proceed? And should my company lose trust in me for my talent? I say, ooh, that's the tough ones. Yeah. So you hired a friend of a friend. You did somebody a favor, yes. and now that person's not working out. How do you handle it? And what should your company think of you? Yes, what no, what no, do you think? Because I'll tell on myself, and I use an actual example because okay. I had been in the situation where ooh. it wasn't a friend of a friend. It was actually a friend of mine, and she had payroll experience and i referred to her i referred her to management and said hey this person is good everything that i worked with her and but it had been years since i had worked with this person okay so i hadn't seen them in that long so they reached out and said hey i'm looking for a job i need a job boom boom got them a job and it was a nightmare mm-hmm. it was a nightmare they would went to meetings that they were not scheduled to be included in and like that involved the CEO, the CFO, what? like they, yes, she was wilding out. She was wilding out. And so I had hooked her up and they told me, they said, I kept my job, but they said, you're never, you're not allowed to ever refer ever again. Well, ever again. So you lost the credibility in the rep. I lost the credibility because of how bad she came into it. And so I had to be the one they said, so. 
you need to be the one to tell her that she's gone. What? That's not yes. right. <laughs> That's not right. But you didn't hire her. No, I didn't, but I referred they her. They made you do the dirty work. Me do the dirty work. For me, in this situation, when you hire a friend of a friend, there's, there's a couple, there's a lot of different dynamics in here. Like how, yeah. in, in, especially if you have to be the one to fire this person or let them go. Yeah. Right? That's something to consider. Hey, I did, you're my best friend, Ryan, and I hired your friend and I had to let him go. That shouldn't impact the, the, the relationship dynamic that you and I have because your friend didn't do the work and it's on them at the end of the day. And really, <laughs> not that we wouldn't be friends anymore, but it does impact how it, your judgment is all yeah. like, yeah. that's it. It would, now I can't trust your judgment. Well, it goes back to that saying, it's not what you know, it's who mm -hmm. in some cases, right? So yeah. some people have gotten jobs because of the people that they know, not because they were necessarily qualified oh, for the position, but yeah. because somebody took a chance on them. And I don't know, man, I think this is a, it can be a sticky situation, but I think if it's not working out and it's, and you've tried everything else, you've tried to get them the training, you tried to get them the coaching and everything like that. And it's just not working out. You have to let that person go. Now, as the company, in my opinion, and I'm not saying this because I, 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 I wish that it was done for me, but I think the company. Sometimes we get hires and sometimes we don't. Absolutely. We, get, we pick the right people and people can come in and nail and just ace the interview. Mm -hmm. But then it comes to actually sitting down and doing yeah. the hours. Yeah. Man. Yep. They just find it's a horror show. Yeah. And it, or it turns out to a horror show, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. I honestly think that it depends on the relationships outside of this worker for how that's going to work out. But if, if they're not good for a good fit for the company, man, and you've done everything else to try to get them up to par, then it is what it is. In my opinion, I don't know how you feel about it. Well, so I wouldn't have hired a friend of a friend. I don't think, um, I, I have a rule already like against me, you know what I mean? Yeah. just because of that, because you don't know <laughs> what train wreck they're going to be and yeah. it's on you. Now, if it's my if it's my company outright, right? I'm the CEO. I might take a chance because I'm gonna shot. fire you. I'm not gonna have a proper fire. <laughs> but if it's I don't if it's I'm referring you at my the company I'm at now. Mm, nah, yeah. I'm, I, I have a hard enough time maintaining my own reputation. Like I don't need somebody else. Like ruin it before you have my reputation. Nah, I'm good. But if I'm already in it. Because this kind of poses like it's or you already did it. You're hired the friend of the hired the person. Yes. Mm -hmm. How do you proceed if it's not working out? Yeah, sure. You, you try, like you said, try your best to get them up to par. And if not, it's hey, you let them go. Good, yeah, you got to go. And then yeah, your company should they lose trust? And maybe not, but they're gonna. You, you, <laughs> you they're gonna them like mm, mm, is judgment is all a little off unless you have a winning record already. If you well, well, even with that people, yeah, you're only as good as your last dance. So. Yeah, you only yeah. That's exactly what I was gonna say. Like, what done for me lately? Well, exactly. Okay. Hey, what have you done for me lately? Like, it was just like, okay, yeah, you've been a good employee so far, but hey, this depending on how bad this person was mm -hmm. and the impact, man. Yeah, they'd be like, okay, we can't. We gotta re. We gotta. Reconsider once yeah. thinking. They they told you they were like you could never I you could never refer right. anybody ever again as long as you work here, Walt. Never. Oh, God. Ever. 
Bro, she ended up hitting me in the head with a freaking full water bottle in the office in front of everybody. Yes, man. What? That's why I was like, okay, I'm, you know. Dang. Yeah. You told me that before. That sounds familiar. Yes. That was was like, yes. For no reason? It hit me because I had, I had just won tickets to like Cirque du Soleil. And I did, and I said I wasn't gonna take her as a, my friend, and so that made her upset, and she just threw threw the bottle and hit me in the head. Wow! I hope she. It sounded like she needed some mental wellness help. I hope she got the help she seeks. That yeah, so. somebody hopefully yeah for real. Dang, that is yep. crazy. That was that was the one time I've ever referred to anybody personally, personally friend wise. But I've never after that. I've never done it again. It was too much trauma for me. And I would have. I hooked you up and now I can hit man. I can't Wow. No. 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 I, yeah, I can't even. I don't think. I don't think I've ever referred anybody. And if I did, I'd be like, don't tell them you know me. No, I did it once and that was it. And that was my experience. I was just like, nah. It's tough. Yo, it's, and it's, yeah, it's like you said, oh, who you know, what you know, man. I just, I've, I don't know. I don't know why. why, I'm trying to think about what was the emotional or traumatic event in my past that just blocked me from doing it, right? I think, well, I guess it's not traumatic. It just grew up with the whole believing in vouching for another person, right? The whole honor system yeah. that vouching. I'm, if I vouch for you, it's... You put your word out there. That means, hey. Yes. Oh, my gosh. And, and I think about it maybe from the wrong... I don't know, whatever. But if you ever see the movie Donnie Brasco, yes. and, okay, he says in that... so Johnny Depp. But, yeah, Johnny Depp, Al Pacino, I guess... For folks that have never seen it, Johnny Depp is a under, becomes undercover. He's an undercover agent in the mob. But Al Pacino's character is the one that brought him in. So when that, yes. when they, and they talk about it in the movie, if you're an, if you're an agent, I'm the biggest mope in the history of the mob. <laughs> and maybe not anymore, but yes, that is definitely was the case. And I, I just take that. You can't. Because he vouched in the, in the mob. That's how it is. You vouch for someone yes. in the gangster, in the, in the street life. Yeah. You, you're vouching for someone else means everything. Probably, I don't know. Yeah, probably because I just grew up on gangster movies and then that's why. <laughs> but it's a tough one, man. That's a tough one. We talk, we're talking about talent acquisition yeah. and how it came up. We're thinking about these. It's a very difficult place to be because you want to help people. People go, oh, man, you need a job. I want to help. Things like that. But it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. You, you have to be careful. And we, we took one of our safe book folks is we talk about friends at work, making friends. What do you and then that? What do you know? This, and this is kind of along the lines and it kind of falls in that bucket. Do you refer friends for work? I don't know. I don't know. It's a personal thing. Exactly. It's a personal thing, right? It's, there's no rule. Oh, you should always refer. No, no. Um, See, it's different, right? They have the skill set. So if it's something right. that is an entry level job and you're like, oh, I can teach anybody payroll. I can teach you this. But do they have the aptitude for attention yeah. to detail? Those, yeah. those are different things you can kind uh, of figure out. Hey, this is my friend, but I know how they've been in this situation. And it's, 
and yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to say that you're judging them as a person, but you are judging their work. You have. To, you yeah, are. You are. It. And it's. I know. I, I want to know how you feel, the listeners out there. If you agree with our assessments and the way that we're thinking about it, or do you feel like, hey, people deserve a chance? I don't know. We want to know how you feel about it. So, like families who working with families talk. Oh, um, family. Yeah, that's something I would not like to do anymore. I have done it in the past and not that it's been totally bad, but it's different, bro. It's different. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Very I individual. There's a whole individual like look, experience, man. Experience. Yeah, <laughs> man. Proceed at your own risk, folks. Like we yes. are not recommending either or it's, yeah. but it's a, it is good for conversation. It definitely provides good stuff for talking during our safe talk segment of this show. And look, if you guys got other ideas for the Safe Talk, now that we're out there and about there, got the show on the Safe Talk on Blast, let us know. LinkedIn is our biggest platform. Reach out to us. If you eat some topics that you want us to cover, let us know. And we'll probably, maybe we'll talk about some of the things we've already covered in full-length shows of Safe Talk. Because there was some good ones. There was some good, like, that was a good one. Friend, like making friends at work. That was a good topic. Nice. Brings, it just brings interesting stuff up. So yeah, yeah let us know. Until the next time, folks, you got anything before we go? Nope, that's it. All right. Enjoy football Sunday today, folks. Enjoy your Sunday as you hear this show next week. <laughs> Thanks for joining. We love you. Peace. Peace. Before we sign off, here are a couple of quick things. Don't forget to follow It's About Payroll on LinkedIn and It's About Your Paycheck on Facebook and TikTok. Thank you for being a part of our payroll community and thank you for being a part of this journey with us. Until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and most importantly, keep going.